0: Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview and if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com, so please subscribe.
1: Hi, my name is Christian Easterday. I'm the Managing Director of Hot Chili Limited. Uh, we're the largest Copper development uh, on the ASX currently, developing a, a large-scale Copper development hub on the coastline of Chile.
0: Christian, good to see you again. I haven't seen you since November. You've been quite busy. So at the moment it seems to be hot chili hot copper market. Um, it's very different from when we spoke last time, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, a, lot, a lot's happened in the market. Copper um, racing to well over four dollars a pound, and uh, and hot chili continuing its march to uh, to build a tier one copper asset on the coastline of Chile. It's uh, drilling's been good, and um, we've certainly been uh, making a fair bit of uh, news flow lately. Well, you,
0: that you have, and I want to split today's conversation into two parts because you've got yourself a new partner. You're raising money. In fact, you raised money just after we, we, we spoke last time, twenty five point six million in December. But you just raised a chunk more. Uh, prospectus out. Glencore on board. So that, let's deal with some market stuff first and then we we'll can kind of remind people about the asset a bit. Okay. So one, you brought Glencore on board. Why now?
1: Yeah. Look, I, it, it was really. Yeah, a feature of a of a capital raising that we were uh, we were positioning for, um, and in parallel with that capital raising, um, we, we had discussions with several parties um, in in the corporate space, um, large mining companies. Um, it's it's been very well known to most people that Hot Chili was really looking to align with a very capable um, copper company um, or, or large scale mining companies so that we could advance uh, this large Costa Flago copper gold asset. In Chile, um, towards production, so we were really looking for alignment with a with a partner that had the had uh, the the technical capability and experience to bring on uh, a large scale development. And out of that process, um, we uh, we developed a very strong relationship with uh, with the Glencore team. So, and just the, but the
0: response in the market has been fairly muted. So, I'm, I'm, I'd love to kind of dive into you know what are the terms of it. What should people be looking at why are people put off? But just go right. You needed that strategic partner because at your team's experience level, they exhausted itself in terms of being able to drive this forward. Because I mean, share prices gone between you know you know three and four cents for, you know for some some while now, maybe moving sideways. Copper market's really really hot. You haven't had the reaction that others
1: have. What, what, what do you put that down to? Yeah, look, a, a number of factors. Firstly, um, you know, to 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 look at to look at dilution and issuance. Um, you know, we've taken the company from a ten million dollar re-rate to to about one hundred and fifty million market cap, but that's only translated into a quadrupling of the share price in that time, and a lot of that. Matt, you know, is quite obviously um, the amount of shares it's taken for us to, to, to get Hot Chili moving again. So it's really about breaking that cycle. Um, you know, there was a lot of feedback um, coming into Hot Chili as to how we break that cycle. Firstly, removing overhangs, this $40 million capital raising that we've just announced that Glencore is, uh, is a cornerstone of. Um, that was about taking out the ownership of Cordedera, our world class discovery. We had a 15 million US payment. That was owing for us to purchase Cordedera outright. So we can look at that as a potentially large overhang that we've now dealt with. Um, Secondly, I I guess it was about the belief of any junior trying to develop a project um, of the scale of Costa Fuego. Um, It's something that the Australian market has never really supported um, large scale. Um, copper developers or, or large-scale developers of any nature, really, where you're talking about building multi-decade projects that cost in excess of a billion dollars. Generally, those projects are often funded and supported um, by the North American market. they're not really something that the Australian market um, likes to do. So, so there's also you know that aspect of of, of a feeling of continuing dilution um, in terms of the massive amount of funding. Um so really out of that it, it was really about aligning with uh, with a major miner that could take this forward, provide the funding capability and the expertise and uh, and experience to develop something of this scale. so we' we feel that we've been working towards addressing all of these concerns that have meant that uh, a fifteen times on our market capitalization is not reflected in a fifteen times on our share price so, um, we've really been been hard at trying to address that, and we feel that we've addressed nearly nearly all of those key impediments to uh, to that growth. So since the, the announcement of the forty million dollar capital raising, and um, and obviously putting one of the world's largest mining companies uh, taking nine point nine nine percent stake in the company, um, you would probably expect quite a significant um, re-rate to commence, and we've probably seen the beginning of that. Um, we look at other examples, um, a very well known example in Solgold, Gold when they saw Newcrest take a 10% stake. Um, you know, that $30 million company re rated to, to around a billion dollar market cap over a seven month period, and not really a lot changed other than attracting BHP also as a large shareholder. So, you know, I guess that, um, that, that we've had that moment now. Um, We're shortly about to close a five million dollar share purchase plan for our small for our small shareholders, um, giving everyone the right to participate um, at the placement price of three point two cents, and and um, you know very very pleasantly uh, sort of uh, a a very good reaction in terms of uh, the the share price um, certainly being a premium to the closing price um, in which we we announced the uh, the the transaction. So if we look comparatively at other transactions announced at the same time. Um, nearly all of those are significantly underwater. Um, there's been a bit of a risk-off in the last um, few weeks uh, in the commodity space, particularly around iron ore prices, sort of coming back, and, and and also some of the base metals. But um, oh, hot chili's performed quite well, and uh, and I believe that um, that once we uh, once we start trading normally, and the share purchase plan is. Is, uh, is completed that um, that we'll probably uh, probably start to see some some great appreciation.
0: So the twenty five point six million you raised in December was to secure Cortadera. You made a ten million of that. Ten million was used for a, a, a uh, in, in, in for installment, drilling. right? Well, ten million for drilling or more.
1: So we had uh, we had a ten million US payment that was uh, taken care of. That was our second installment, right? And that that then also provided the drilling budget to to um, chase this next resource upgrade, and uh, and so that always left a fifteen million US final payment that was due in July of next year. We we've moved really um, early on that to remove that overhang a year in advance, um, purchase this outright. This is one of two major global copper discoveries since two thousand and fourteen, and we see era really growing to a, to a new level with the next resource upgrade.
0: So how much money have you raised in total?
1: Uh, with the last capital raising of twenty five million, and this um, this is sixty five million raised. Gee, within within an eight month period. So um, so certainly we're attracting the the funding.
0: You are to, but, but I'm talking in, in in total. You know, your fifty million market cap. So what, what how much have you raised in total? I'm trying to and what I'm trying to get at is trying to understand why people are not giving you the credit that you, you believe you, you deserve.
1: Sure. So the the total the total funding, geez, from outset um, is probably around at 180 million Australians. So we're uh, we're about to, um, you know, after a very successful early period in our um, in our history in the last copper cycle where we started the company at the end of the last copper cycle, we've now been able to turn that back around, and now we're approaching break even, and that's that's a really important feature. And Matt, I think you you, you you're crystal clear on this. Um, it's taken a lot to pick ourselves up off the canvas and, and, and to, to get back up and, and now be a real standout. Um, and so much so that, you know, um, we are finally making our move to the TSXV um, later this year um, so that we're joining the North American boards and we're finally going to position hot Chili. You know, at the moment, we're sort of an orphan in this space. We're the only major Copper porphyry player in the Americas. That is not listed on the TSX or TSXV. So you sort of ask about, you know, why? Why aren't we getting the love? Um, Australia has never traditionally given love to this space or these jurisdictions. So um, we needed to have critical mass so we could go over and compete favorably against our peers over in that space. And you know, Matt, as as yourself and, and others have clearly commented, the uh, the North American Large-scale copper developers have really exploded in value over the last year with that copper price, and um, and Hot Chili hasn't. Um, so let's make sure that we're not an orphan sitting out in the cold, and that we're uh, we're, we're sitting in with the rest of the crowd, um, with our resource book lined up against um, our peers' resource books, and our growth plan lined up against their growth plans. and And let's just let's just see. Um, what happens next? Okay,
0: well, look, you made a comparison to Solgold. Obviously, they brought in a couple of big, big partners there, and they, they shot up and they fell off, fell away again, and I think they're trying to sort themselves out technically, and and, and that's all good, all part of the fun and fancy of the fair from mining. Um, but to make that comparison, we need to understand what your relationship is going to be with Glencore. So we saw some of the terms there. In fact, why don't you remind people of some of the terms there because there's, there's one aspect to it which I, I actually quite liked and I'd like to spend a bit of time understanding why you put it in place. So give us the broad terms first.
1: Yeah, so I, I, I don't like to compare too, too much. I mean, every, every company, every project is very different, whether it's location, whether it's um, the altitude of the development, um, the, the, the nature of the concentrates that it'll put out, Um, and the capability of the management team, et cetera. There's there's a lot of things that that feed into into these things. Um, Solgold is a a nice example. It's in the Americas, but the deposit is very different. You're you're talking about a a large-scale block cave at 600 metres depth in Ecuador, Um, uh, comparatively against not just Solgold, but our other peers. You know, we're we're one of the only low-altitude plays, large-scale, dominantly open pit, right next to a port, um, with a very, very clean concentrate. And I'm sure that all of these factors were considered um, in the discussions that we had with um, with Glencore. So just coming to the deal, um, really Glencore came into a placement that was already priced, was already backstopped and um, and supported by North American and Australian institutions. So, so when they came in and, and took that cornerstone, they were really coming into a pre-priced placement um, and... It was part of a discussion that had already been underway. Um, we, were, we were very clear that we were looking for a large, um, large shareholder and Glencore will be now our largest shareholder at 9.99%. Um, we'll be inviting one of their uh, candidates or nominees to the board um, in the coming week or so and, um, and very much looking forward to that. Uh, we've set up a steering committee uh, between the two companies and that's really just kicked off this week. Um, on geology, and then we'll be moving to development, and really to looking to tap into an, an immense amount of um, of uh, experience and and uh, and skills that uh, Glencore have in this space. Um, but also, an important part of the deal was that we announced that we'll be looking forward to negotiating and confirming an offtake arrangement with Glencore. And Glencore is the largest copper concentrate trader in the world. They handle about fifty-two percent. Of global copper concentrates. So <laughs> for us, it was really important that the initial eight years of our 25, 30 year targeted mine life um, had an offtake partner on the component that we would traditionally sell to the benchmark, um, to the, to the, to, to, on, a, on a benchmark basis. So um, of the global copper concentrates that are sold each year, about I believe it's about 56% of global copper concentrates. Are uh, sold at benchmark pricing, and that's that's really a negotiation between the refineries and and the world's largest copper producers, and uh, and and certainly we wanted that to be covered, almost like putting a hedge in place over the top of um, the beginning of our production. So we'll be looking to negotiate something at arm's length and a, uh, on a commercial basis with Glencore over sixty percent of our um, concentrates coming out of Costa Fuego, just on the first eight years of our 25 to 30-year mine life. So we see that as, as a real key differentiator on what we've been able to do, and, and something that brings us a lot of strength on the financing table when we get there.
0: Yeah, okay. So this, this, let, let's get into it because um, Glencore can be seen as good news or they can be seen as the death knell for a company. Okay, they're, they're shrewd traders, they get, usually get their way, they've got the balance sheet to bully people, um, or they've got the balance sheet to actually set companies free. So I, I'm trying to work out what it, what it is the the piece that I liked in there was this seven and a half percent minimum holding on the equities okay they're 9.99 at the moment they cannot go below 7.5 why I thought that was interesting is because it means that they can't just dump stock into the market and then hold on to the offtake agreement right because that, yeah. that's like a glorified warrant play in in, in essence correct right so I'm um, was that hard to get over the line? Were they understanding why you wanted to do that? I mean, what, how much pushback did you get?
1: Yeah, look, no, no. It was it was something that we saw alignment. We we started our discussions really around building a large scale project on the coastline. The 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 offtake was actually very subsidiary um, to the discussions. It was it was something that we saw that uh, that they could provide a significant benefit to the company. Um, traditional deals that, uh, that are well known by the market that, that Glencore have engaged with, with other companies on, uh, are all generally deals that are for 100% of offtake for life of mine. Um, you do the, do the maths on what we've signed up. Um, this is, this is, this is like putting a, a very strategic front end hedge in place on this project. So that, that's, that's, that's certainly not a negative. That's a positive. Um, in anyone's language, um, but but really important. You touched on a on a point which which anyone looking at this and they they see Glencore and Hot Chili and offtake 9.99% and and some people may be cynical. Um, we come back to that key point. Um, Glencore and Hot Chili have agreed that if Glencore's shareholding falls below seven and a half percent at any time, and of course they'll have tag along rights to participate in forthcoming capital raisings to maintain their 9.99% holding, but if they go below 7.5% at any time, then Glencore, rightfully so, will not have a director on the board, will not have a steering committee, and will have no rights to offtake that uh, that will be negotiated over the coming couple of months. So, What that is a really clear pointer to the market is that um, we're with Glencore and Glencore has invested in us to build a large-scale operation, really importantly, at our at our point in the development cycle, we don't have offtakes to negotiate with anybody. So, um, to actually be talking with Glencore about an offtake arrangement um, presupposes that we're talking about production being initiated, and uh, you know to have uh, to have one of the world's largest copper producers that has nearly six thousand employees, I believe, in, in Chile operating Kiyawasi and Lomus bias operations um, working with us towards building a, a large copper regional hub I mean it's um you know it's a it's a it's a real strong endorsement to the company and all the all the team that have worked hard
0: well well absolutely and if you don't deliver I think you've got a world of hurt and pain coming so I just want to what's some of the lessons that you've possibly learned this year from you talk about overhangs earlier you mentioned it earlier um, what have you learned there because one of the levers available to Glencore further down the line is, hey, this isn't working for us. We're going to just dump our seven and a half percent in the market. You kind of had a little bit of that with some institutional money being, um, yeah. Well, let's let's let's, let's hey, leave sorry. it at that. Recycle. Let's call it that. Um, you know, what have you learned from that? Which you know has either informed the these uh, negotiations or could inform the way that you play it coming down the line. And just in terms of risk mitigation, you need to have a plan.
1: Yeah, exactly. And 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 this was about changing the game for hot chili. Um this 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 transaction was all about um dealing with the issues that we were looking at and saying, well, why isn't the share price starting to appreciate? We 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 really had to change the game and de-risking. Um and a significant endorsement from one of the top four mining companies in the world was all about that. It was also about placing stock into very stable hands that wasn't going to come out into the market. And and also, you, you know, we can talk about um, people that sell. Well, a market is there for people to sell, A market is there for people to buy. Um, we're, we're not certainly, uh, you know, upset with sellers um, because then, then, you know, you, you'd only be f- focusing on fifty percent of the of, of the book. So, for for us, you know, changing the game, de risking the company, um, giving new investors a, a completely different reason to be to be shareholders, and and. To be there for the long term, um, you know. Since we put this uh, this this placement in the market, we've settled on tranche one of the forty million dollars. We've hardly seen any of those um, shares that we put into those hands come onto the market, um, and that's a that's a really strong sign that we probably are seeing a shift now in terms of new paper going out, not coming back into the market. And uh, and and um, it also gave us the ability to bring some new. Um, some new investors in from North America and Australia that hadn't been shareholders before, and and were coming in um, alongside Glencore. So um, yeah, I think that um, we're very uh, we're very uh, positive about um, about uh, you know the, the coming months ahead. Okay,
0: so I mean, part of your role is to drive the share price up. That's how people make money. That's how they make money. You've also got to run the company, and we'll talk about more of that in a second. But let's like say it's been kind of a sort of track in between a range for some time now. And how are you going to drive this? The fact that Glencore have, have, you know, got 9.9% didn't seem to excite the market too much, not as much as you'd hoped. You've got, I know you've done the OTC and you talked about also listening to the TSX V coming up. Why are you so certain that, you know, the North American focus is going to change your fortunes? You know, are you going to be able to tell the story differently there from perhaps what the ASX uh, investors have been hearing?
1: I, th- I think it's not about telling the story or anything really changing it's it's about the audience um, and, and and you know I've talked about it in several several interviews and we can look at examples of other companies and as you well pointed out, you know we aren't equinox, we aren't andean, we aren't Solgold, gold we're hot chili and we've got a fantastic asset that's an upper tier two copper asset and we're transitioning that. To a tier one asset, there's very few of those in the world. Um, uh, you just have to look at, uh, at at the investment by Glencore and say, well, they had an entire development pipeline to choose, and uh, and they've invested in Hot Chili, and and so so firstly, there is the break. Um, so now being able to go to the TSXV with a very different audience, um, you know, we feel that we've got um, the overhang removed. We, we don't have any payments left to Bicordadera. We have a large, um, very capable uh, mining company as our largest shareholder now assisting us um, to develop this project. And, um, you know, we're we're really looking forward to being shoulder to shoulder with our peers over there and our peers over there. um, And, and, you know, I don't have to keep naming them. Um, We know what their resource bases are and we know their strengths and their weaknesses, just as we have strengths and weaknesses also. but we believe that uh, the North American market is certainly um, very favorable in terms of its valuations um, that are reflected around um, the completely changing landscape for the copper price and, and where copper supply demand fundamentals are going. Okay, so, you, so, so there is no certainty in the world, Matt, but I would have to say that I'm I'm continuing to knock over all the reasons as to why not. Okay,
0: Let's, I'm still I'm still, I'm still sticking with Glencore because you're telling me that people should be paying attention. So I want them to understand it, or at least answer some of the questions. Which so Glencore. 50, well, it's it's a small bet for them in the scheme of the scale of Glencore. This is a small bet for them. Um, they of course are looking to get offtake agreements for copper. The projections for copper pricing, you know, are you know going through the roof. We've seen, you know, 20, 000, 000, um banded around. Okay, so. What else are they going to do? You've said they can—they've got tag on rights, and they can you know follow their equity investment. What are they going to do for you when it comes to debt, uh, in terms of enabling you to get this thing into production once it reaches that stage?
1: Exactly. I look, you know the the uh, the breadth of, of Glencore's um, offering, if you if you want to call it that, um, they 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 offer us credibility first and foremost. Um, they have rubber stamped this from their uh, from their global excellence copper team um, this has been approved at the highest levels of Glencore. it's one of the first deals transacted by by their new CEO um, Nagel has replaced Glasenberg after 19 years um, they are on the front foot of uh, of of ensuring that their resource book is is, is moving towards a, a future facing uh, metals market and a, and a green revolution Um you know this. This is this is not just about hot chili. This is about Glencore's positioning. Um, this is a significant endorsement, also for the country of Chile. Um, we've over that period. Um, you know, you want to talk about well reasons why not? Well, you know, it was uh, it was certainly in the press that, uh, that that a communist senator had proposed a super tax, just like what happened in the last boom in Australia. Um, we're, we're certainly not uh, not immune to it either. Um, and, and when, you, when you have one of the world's largest copper producers um, doubling down in a country like Chile, which is a top three mining country, um, that's also got to provide a lot of confidence around investments going forward into Chile. So um, what can they offer? They can offer credibility um, across the country we're investing in and the, and, and the asset that we have. Um, and then in terms of going forward, um, it is about having that partner that's got the experience to build something of this scale. And to offer that experience um, on a technical level with our team and our management group, and also from a a guidance perspective on our board. Um, You know, these are really, really key things that that any junior really needs to have to be able to actually make it and transition into a large-scale copper producer. And and this is no small project. But I
0: think the question was around show me the money. Are they gonna (laughs) Credibility, yeah. expertise, lovely. Because I, I,
1: I don't know what their intention is, and and uh, I would hope that they would be, um, you know, uh, um, seeing these these first year or two of, of significant investment, um, and their dollars being spent wisely, and and and. Uh, and and that that can create a lot of value in terms of the growth of the asset and that we meet particular hurdles internally for Glencore. And we believe that we've got every ability to do that on the next resource upgrade. Um, We have been in the background really de-risking how the concept of this large combined asset is going to be developed um, with one processing facility, optimising transport um, options, um, which are really extending our reach. And I believe what Glencore has invested in is not the asset that you are looking at right now, some three quarters of a billion tons. They've invested in um, a vision for what they can see this becoming. And and that's very much aligning with what we see. Um, We we don't just see um, what's in front of everybody, um, two large scale assets that are going to be connected. What else is there in the region? What else is there to acquire? What do the growth targets look like? we have a pretty exciting pipeline, um, and Glencore are very well aware of that. Now, now we've got to put the shoulder to the wheel and um, and make that a reality. Okay, so
0: I've talked to other companies who have had big, well, mid tiers or, 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 or some of the big boys move in, take a board position, take a large chunk of equity, but they move at a different pace. They've got a different. They've got a massive portfolio of projects. Um, there's an order of play for them how do you want retain control over the speed at which you move? I know they're only sitting at just under 10%, so not, not, not a big say, but influential. So your shareholders yeah. need you to move quickly. They, they may have a different agenda.
1: Look, uh, you know, we, we, we just came out of a, a very positive, uh, I think our, our second sort of almost steering committee meeting this morning um, where we were looking at, um, at, at what the pipeline looks like for us um, and where the spend is going. And, you know, we've had some very, very positive discussions with, uh, with our counterparts at Glencore. And um, all I can say is that they are um, very enthusiastic about the growth and about focusing into the growth, making sure that we actually understand how big this thing is, to be able to optimally develop this project. And so, um, you know, I don't think that uh, Glencore is going to be putting the brakes on uh, um, anytime soon. I think that they are very lined uh, and excited about um, where this resource goes to in the near term.
0: Right. Okay. So, so growth, growth is different from timing. Right. You know, you, you have to play the market. We talked about it earlier. You, you've got to play the market and, and run the company. So, you know, headlines are what people look at. Getting into production is what people look at. And growth suggests that, you know, Glencore want to see the scale of this opportunity maybe before they want to do anything. So, so again, it, when you say positive conversations, what can you be a bit more specific about? objectives for both parties?
1: Uh, yes. Um, I have to be, be a little bit careful. Obviously, you know, we're talking about confidential discussions, but um, but I think that both companies understand where we are in the copper cycle, understand um, or have a view as to where copper is going. I think the positioning of Glencore is very obvious what they're doing in terms of building their their, their copper business. Um, most of the the significant um Returns that they've just achieved in the last year have been related to that copper business, and and so um, you know we're certainly part of that, and uh, and we're also you know part of uh, of of Glencore's attempt to uh, to account for depletion in their resource books, um, and on their reserve books, and also in their trading books. So um, you know we we uh, to, to to be specific about that, we'll, you know I don't think that uh, I think it would be be Glencore wanting to probably see the, the drilling speed up, um, as we would like to. that That's all about capability um, in terms of funding. It's also therefore also about dilution, which we've got to manage as you well said. So um, so I think that um, um, I think both parties are looking to really accelerate from here.
0: Okay. um, The deal with Clanker, is that specifically for Copper or is the Gold included in that or and Silver and yeah, Moly for that it matter? Will,
1: it, will, it will naturally, because it's a concentrate, it will naturally cover all concentrates they're not just a, a massive metal trader in the copper market they they're they're one of the world's largest traders across all metals
0: okay so it's all, all of the above everything that you certainly will be yes got okay fine uh, so talking of drilling uh, resource update when can we expect to see one
1: look we're we're, we're aiming for for uh, for late this year um, paired and dovetailed in with the TSxV so it follows shortly thereafter however uh, you know we're, we're we're also drilling some very exciting uh holes into corded era. We're planning to drill um, our first programs on a number of growth targets, which we'll be talking to the market about shortly. And so, you know, uh, you, you have to be very careful when you when you're when you're talking about those kind of time frames when you've got a lot of unknowns. So, you know, if it's late this year or it's the beginning of next year, but certainly it's not far away, we've achieved a significant amount of extensional and expansion results to the initial 450 million ton resource. At quartered Era. and uh, I imagine that we're continuing to assess that growth. Um, it's certainly looking very positive, but we've uh, we've just recently embarked on a um, a fairly aggressive expansion program on the high grade core and a particular horizon of the high grade core that is grading you know very wide intercepts, hundred meter wide intercepts at one percent copper and a half a gram gold, and um, you know we're looking forward to getting some results out shortly. Um, that speak to that and speak to how that's expanding. And so we, we've got another six or eight holes that are going into that zone. And um, let's uh, let's not make too many um, promises that are short-sighted before we see what those results look like.
0: Okay, so results dependent, but you've been quite slow on getting results back into the market. Is it what's wrong? Is the assay process just taking a long time in Chile at the moment?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, Matt. And I imagine you probably asked the same question to nearly every resource company CEO. Um, it's shocking. Um, it's uh, frustrating. Um, you know, we're out to about 42 days total turnaround um, from final submission of assay, um, which, which, to be honest, when I say that, people here in Western Australia say, geez, that's not bad um, because here in Western Australia, they're out sitting at 7- and 8-week turnarounds. Um, it would be fantastic if I was just assaying for one commodity and it was gold, and I just had um, one analysis technique um, to go through, but um, we have a multi-commodity ore bodies that are dominantly copper, gold, silver, molybdenum, and all of the rest of the multi-element suite that we analyse for um, being analysed in three labs in different locations in the world. So it's a bit of complication. Um, I can't do much about oxygen being used for hospitals rather than ICP, so it's, it's just something that we have to live with. Um, and that means that we have to trust our geologists significantly for high-quality logging. We have to trust, trust our XRFs and our correction factors and our analysis to ensure that we have good eyes on what's going on with our planning. Um, because when you're getting your final assays back 40 days later, um, you're making decisions off holes you've already drilled and are still waiting on assays. So. Um, we're no different to anyone else Matt and um, I'd love to click my fingers and turn it back into 18 day turnarounds that we used to enjoy 17 day turnarounds so um, the, you, yeah that, that 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 is and continues to be a, an issue but um, we, we also like to focus on really material news flow um, we don't like to, to, to have to tell the, the market that we woke up in the morning and tied our shoelaces
0: okay um, On the SPP, five million bucks. Why have you done that?
1: Look, that was that was really about just ensuring that um, that we didn't forget about all shareholders. We didn't put this in the hands of just um, large checkbooks. Um, We are trying to um, trying to institutionalise the register. We're we're trying to tighten up the register into fewer hands. Um, So that's a process that we're continuing to do. but, you know, we, we also have to look at the last time that we gave shareholders an opportunity. Um, we gave them an opportunity at $0.01. Cent, we gave them an opportunity at one and a half cent. And we felt that this was a good opportunity to, to again, let our, our smaller shareholders participate, um, particularly in such a milestone capital raising. So so it's something that we did and um, a lot of companies don't like to do it because um, it means that uh, you, see, uh, you see small volume trading um, where people are, selling it in the market at here and applying to get stock uh, 30 40% cheaper. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things that, that, that does occur and you know that it, it's going to occur. And um, that's the reason why a lot of companies don't give back to, um, to small shareholders with share purchase plans and, and, uh, and the like. So, um, you know, I, I've been very, very surprised with the response to the share purchase plan, um, I believe that probably by the time this goes to air, that the market will find out that that was closed within five days, um, and uh, you know has been a been a really strong response. So um, we 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 maintain the discretion to close that early. We'll, we'll certainly give the shareholders a final warning that it's closing in uh, in, in in eight hours or so, and uh, and we'll close that off and scale it appropriately um, for the um, for the investors that have put their hand up early.
0: Okay, so you you. Rewarding retail and allowing them to do that arbitrage play—it's a price worth paying.
1: Exactly, and 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 look, Matt, never never forget: um, the market is made at the moment. Whether it's over in your jurisdiction or North America or Australia, um, retail makes the market and has been doing that for quite some time. And um, we are very welcoming of our of our retail support. We've seen some some fantastic support from. Um, from private shareholders, um, whether they be 708 sophisticated and professional investors or not, um, all shareholders have a stake in, in our company. And, uh, and, and, and we intend to, to make sure that all shareholders are offered those same opportunities when we can.
0: Okay, when the SPP is closed, five million bucks, let's say, uh, how much cash will that leave you worth?
1: Yeah, look, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have uh, just a bit over 40 million available. Once tranche two closes in a couple of weeks, we'll um, we'll organise to make that um, 15 million US payment immediately, and that's going to leave us with a balance of of somewhere around 20 million Australian, which is which is certainly more than enough money to um, complete our drilling programs to achieve the resource upgrade and also to really um, have a crack at um, at at almost completing that pre-feasibility for next year.
0: Right. So things things were getting a bit tight. I suspect when you were talking to Glencore, was that was that was that, that affect your ability to negotiate? Were they understanding?
1: Yeah, um, like everything in life, uh, you, you know, you're sitting there um, having a, a very serious uh, negotiation with with a with a with a party such as Glencore, and we were also having discussions with other parties at that time. Um, you know, and, and we had a significant amount of interest from the market and from institutions to, to, to the point where we actually had two or three um, blocks of cornerstone investors that had had their hand in the air for about eight weeks. And, um, you know, it's a strange thing when you're sitting there with $10 million checks on the sideline saying, Christian, we just want to give you money, um, and, and we're, we're, we're not really that price sensitive. Um, and for us to be saying no, I think most of the market knew something was coming, and um, it, it's it's one of those things where you have to hold your nerve, and we had to tighten up around our expenditure, and um, but at the same time maintain our momentum, and pretend that we were ten foot tall and our chest out. So so we did that, and I'm I'm very pleased that um, that we were able to um, to secure. Um, a cornerstone investor of the ilk of, of, of Glencore into the raising.
0: You, you held your nerve, you put your chest out, and you, and, you, and you got it over the line. But it could it could have gone the other way. So in, in, next time, down the, you know, further down the line, would you would you play it that way again?
1: I don't think that I want to uh, really sort of play brinkmanship like that too many times in my life. I I I had a tr- hard time sleeping for for a good five weeks, Matt. So. Um, I was very glad when we closed, um, which, uh, which was, was, was actually done while I was uh, with my wife and children at dinner, and uh, I ended up spending the entire night out in an alleyway on the phone um, with my counterparts um, in uh, North America and, uh, and, and, and over in, uh, with the Glencore team. So, um, uh, yes, it, it really came down to the final hours before that $40 million was entirely spoken for
0: yeah we we've all been there. it's not nice um just finally on on the Chile factors want to wrap it up I know it's, it's it's late there for you um on the Chile factor obviously elections people have you're looking in being a bit nervous as you say statements from various uh, uh, politicians uh, you know talking about kind of punitive type raises in taxes for the produ- the copper producers. Of which there are, you know, not, there's only a handful producing at the moment. Um, do you think we need to get November out of the way? That's when the elections are, before the international markets look at Chile and go, okay, it, it was just the same old narrative as before, so we've seen each time there are elections and we can breathe a sigh of relief and, and, and move on. Or do you think it's going to run and run?
1: I think I think the <clears throat> the pre-presidentials have already had that impact. Um, to see a centre-left and a centre-right candidate, both which have been very vocal opponents of the proposed communist tax bill um, and have been um, quite proactive in working with the current government in finding a tax solution that gives back and accounts for uh, for, for, for the calls from the public that they want to see. I think that we're going to see something very normal transpire um, something very conservative and and almost in an instant um, when those two presidential candidates were announced in in very strong results um, you know you you instantly saw the reaction in the Chilean stock exchange you know seven percent push that day um, and, uh, and and we didn't see it so much see it um, over over on our side of the world but um, I think uh, most um, most investment banks, most uh, things that I've seen, it's, it's almost like uh, you're not even hearing about it anymore. So I think in the minds of most investors, it's, pro- it's probably been dealt with in terms of who the candidates are for the next presidential election. So um, there may well be some sigh of relief from people that are still dubious, um, but I think that probably 80% of that is already taken care of given what's transpired in the last couple of months.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. we we, we spoke to um, president of um, the mining associations, politicians, um, a lawyer, uh, some some people from the media, and I think the general consensus seems to be it will be a kind of say, more slightly more conservative approach. And, and and here's the bit that kind of caught my ear was uh, it'll be more in line with um, the tax regime in Australia. Ranked.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're 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 hearing the same things. Canada and Australia, Chile knows their place. Yeah. They know who their main competitors are. Um, Australia, Canada, Chile, top three has been like that for a long, long time now, and uh, and they know that they've been slightly cheaper from a tax um, equivalency perspective between with Canada and Australia. It's always been a little bit of a competitive advantage in Chile, um, but I imagine that 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 two three percent. Competitive um, gap is going to close. That that that's that's what I'm hearing, but we'll wait and see. Okay. Well, I um,
0: pre- appreciate the update, Christian. I'm, I'm going to let you go because it's, it's it's been a been a long one, but I think really useful to understand the relationship between you and Glencore, the in, the ins and outs, and you know what the future looks like. Well, like, stay stay in touch when the uh, resource, Well, when the TSXV listing happens and the resource uh, update is out, give us a
1: call.